for instance, Peter, First Peter chapter, First um, Peter chapter five, and you look at all the different roles Peter had. Peter really has all five of these roles. You know, he's an apostle. He also speaks prophetically, and he's an evangelist. He's bringing the gospel, and he's he is, he says, an, a fellow elder, and he's certainly a teacher. And Paul describes himself as an apostle. He says he has the gift of prophecy, and he describes himself as a preacher and a teacher. But we want to really focus in on this role of evangelists. Evangelists are preachers of the gospel. We want to kind of get a sense of what it means to be an evangelist. What's the difference between a pastor and a preacher or an evangelist? Uh, a pastor is told to take heed to himself and to the flock. His focus is on, his, his role is about the flock. Interesting, Timothy, who's an evangelist, is also told to take heed to himself but not to the flock, but to the teaching. One is focused on themselves and the flock. One is focused on themselves and the teaching. That's a really good starting point for understanding the difference between these two roles, between what Nolan does and what I do, right? So let's dive into this a little further with this question. He says that they're equipped for the work of ministry. That's our first point here, the work of ministry. Whose ministry is this? Let's look at it again. Ephesians 4, verse 11. He gives all these roles, the apostles, evangelists, the shepherds, teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. The saints are all the holy ones of God. That's all of the Christian. Everyone who has been saved is a saint. Had they been made holy by Christ's blood. Whose ministry is this? Not my ministry. It's yours. It's ours, right? It's the body of Christ. In fact, you, you could kind of say, no, I'm standing under you along with the elders and the, you know, the shepherds and the, and the teachers holding everyone up and equipping everyone for this work of ministry. The job of the shepherds and, and the apostles and the, and the uh, evangelists are to make sure that the body has what they need to build itself up. You have a ministry. You are a servant of Christ with a work to do. And the job of everybody else, you know, of these functions are to... To strengthen you in that work. So throughout this lesson, I want to think about a little my job, your job. Here's, here's what I, as I'm up here preaching, have a responsibility to do. Versus what is your job. As an evangelist, my job is to equip you for ministry. And your job is to build up the body. Of course, that's all of our job is to build up the body. But, but you have a job. Remember Ananias, a disciple called Ananias? Everybody, there's no bit parts. Everybody is building. Everybody's working. So what is the work of an evangelist? What is that particular work? And there's a lot of passages we could look to, but the passage that Matt read us is really powerful in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. If you want to turn over there. 
we only have the word evangelist is used three times in all of the Bible. We read one of them, Ephesians 4, verse 11. There will be evangelists and teachers and shepherds. And then Timothy is told to do the work of an evangelist. We'll read that in a little bit. And then this guy Philip is called Philip the Evangelist in Acts 21, verse 8. Those are the only times we read about it. So there's, there's two evangelists. Of course, the church was full of a lot of other evangelists. But these are named as evangelists. Why, why is Philip called Philip the Evangelist? Well, probably to distinguish him from Philip the Apostle. He's Philip the Evangelist. Well, what makes you think he's an evangelist? Like, where do we see what he did back in Acts 8 when he went with the word, when the, the people scattered at the persecution, he went to Samaria and he brought the word of God and he taught people. Timothy gives us a really, we don't read a lot about Philip, but Timothy gives us a real window into the work of an evangelist because Paul is mentoring Timothy constantly in all of the letters, but we have these two wonderful letters, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, where it's all instruction to an evangelist, telling him, here's the work you need to do. Here's what I am, I am putting before you as yours to do. Of course, Scripture speaks of many others who preached the word. All the way back, we, the word preacher is used to describe Noah in the New Testament. Second Peter chapter 2 talks about Noah was a preacher. Jonah preached. John the Baptist preached. Jesus preached. He said, Jesus said, I came to preach the gospel. That's why I came. In Mark chapter 1 and in Matthew chapter 4. The apostles preached. And then there's a partner book that goes with First and Second Timothy, the book of Titus. Titus was serving in the region of, of Crete and the, the churches in that area. And he was preaching, working with the congregations and preaching the word as an evangelist as well, though that word isn't used. So let's look at this passage here in Second Timothy chapter 4. It begins with this charge. And this is, Paul knows how to get your attention if you're... If you take things like the God who made the universe seriously, if you take things like the coming of Jesus Christ seriously, you kind of get uh, breathtaking by what he charges. He uses this word, I charge you. It's, a, it's a, a word of testimony before a court. I charge you. in the pre- I'm calling witnesses in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, I'm calling everything grand and mighty and fierce as a witness as I charge you with this sacred duty. What does he charge him? Preach. Preach. Timothy, I don't know how to say it any stronger. Preach the word when it's convenient and when it's not. When you want to and when you don't want to. When they want to hear it and when they don't want to hear it. Preach the word in season and out season. So always be ready. Say what's got to be said. What does it look like to preach the word? Well, he continues. Here's what that's going to mean. He uses some of not my favorite words. Reprove. Rebuke. 
and exhort, you're going to need to correct. You're going to need to convince. You're going to need to encourage. You're going to need to have complete patience because things don't change overnight and everybody's going to fall. And this work is going to take endurance and teaching. Part of preaching is teaching. And then he has this aside, this parenthetical, where he's going to give some background on all of this. And we'll come back to this. The time is going to come when people aren't going to want to listen to this preaching. And so he says, so you need to always be sober-minded. Keep a clear, serious mind and be ready to suffer. Be ready to deal with people throwing something at you. I mean, maybe not literally, I hope, but people throwing problems, challenges, difficulties at you. Be ready. Mike talked about that. Bob talked about that this morning. We don't know what will come. And then he completes it with this statement that kind of brings it back around full circle. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. We just talked about our ministry, the ministry, the work of ministry of the body. But Timothy has a ministry. Ministry is just a word for your serving. This area of service. Fulfill the way that you need to serve, which is you need to do the work of an evangelist, which means you need to preach the word, whatever it takes. So what's the work of an evangelist? What is it? What is the ministry he's to fulfill? Well, certainly to preach. And notice you have in these three little pieces here, three different words that you know, we often hear used for a preacher. Preach, preacher, preachers preach. Adrian asked uh, Asher and asked all the kids on the way here, what do you think a preacher does? And Asher said... Looking up from his book, he preaches, goes back to his book. Well, that's, that's true. That's a simple answer. He preaches. He speaks the word, and we'll get into what preaching means, and that is the way of service or ministry for an evangelist. And so you see this role of a preacher. Paul calls himself a preacher of the word. He, he says that there is this this work that needs to take place of preaching and proclaiming the word. And then you see this, this word evangelist. We talked about this a minute ago, and, and we'll come back and, and talk about the verb behind this. And then sometimes we hear the word minister used, and a minister is just a word for servant. And uh, Paul calls uh, himself a minister. He tells Timothy that he will, if he fulfill, if he handles the word rightly, he will be a good minister of Jesus Christ in the King James, or a good servant of Jesus Christ. Um, but it's not a very distinctive title because we are all ministering. We're all servants. So I want to focus on these two terms that really are descriptive of this work: to preach. And to bring the gospel. So evangelists have this work that they are to take the word, and you guys maybe have this memorized in the old King James, I do. Study to what? Show yourself approved 
a workman who needeth, we'll get some ifs in there, needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Or, you know, in a more modern translation, put all your diligence, do everything you can to show yourself a good worker by handling the word rightly, carefully, wisely, skillfully handling the word. We don't have a list of qualifications exactly in the, in the way we would, like in 1 Timothy 3, for elders and deacons. But boy, you can't be qualified to preach the word unless you're handling aright the word of God. They're workers with the word. In the verses right before our text we're looking at here in 1 Timothy 4, or 2 Timothy 4, we find another familiar passage Right before, uh, two verses before our charge in the presence of God, it says, all scripture is what? Inspired, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And then he says, I charge you to preach the word. Man of God is a term, does that sound familiar? Remember that term? If you study your Old Testament, you hear that a lot, right? A man of God. This is, this is a, a phrase that's used to describe someone who declares authoritative, authoritatively the word of God. Elijah was often just called the man of God. Uh, Moses was called a man of God. A lot of times there are these prophets that don't even have names. They're just told, a man of God came up to him and said, you know, a man of God was someone who came bearing the word of God. And so while the the evangelist isn't a, a prophet, he carries on this tradition of representing God by speaking boldly his word, handling it carefully. And declaring what must be said, often counter to what people would want to be said. Another role that we see evangelists taking on is appointing elders. They're the only ones we see in Scripture, appointing elders. In 1 Timothy 3, of course, Timothy is told uh, to appoint elders and to deacons to set things in order. This is presumably a church without elders at that time. Titus is told the same thing. Titus, another evangelist, Titus 1 5 forward, to appoint elders in, in each of the churches. Uh, in Acts 14 23, we see Paul and Barnabas appointing elders in each church. And of course, when there are elders, that needs to be done under their, their guidance as well. They're, they're going to be directing the church. But this is a role that we see, uh, we see evangelists uniquely working through. And, and maybe there's a, a bit of um, partnership, checks and balances happening in those two roles. But the work that we do is a work with the Lord. We're not trying to... Um, The word that we speak is greater than the speaker. The only way that I have any authority at all is when I place myself under the word of God and I speak it with as little, with with as much purity 
as I can, not bringing my opinions, not bringing, bringing illumination to help you see what it means, bringing application, absolutely, but not letting it be distorted at all, but letting it be pure as it reaches you. And when we do that, then we are going to accomplish God's goal. Here's the goal that, I love this, that Timothy is told, here's the aim of all of your teaching. First Timothy 1.5. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. If someone is doing their work well, it's producing love. It's producing a good conscience, a sincere faith, a pure heart. That's sound, wholesome, healthy teaching. But the thing is, we're not, we're not the senior partners in this work. We're not just trying to accomplish God's goals. We're trying to partner with God. God Paul says, we are God's fellow workers. In 1 Corinthians 3.9, we're here holding hands with God in this work. And he's going to accomplish what he wants. And therefore, his power is at work in it. See, one of the things that you see happening there in 1 Corinthians 3 and 4 is that people are starting to lift up preachers. You ever been in a place that does that? You know, you, you put preachers on a pedestal and it can start to get dangerous. Maybe people start to start to follow them. Maybe even the church starts to de- divide. I'm going to be with this preacher. I'm going to be with that preacher. That's exactly what happened in Corinth, right? First Corinthians 1.10. And so Paul reminds them, we're just servants. All the power is God's. We get to work with God. But the whole thing is you. You are God's temple. God lives in you. You are God's field. God is growing something in you. Don't lift up the servant. The servant is trying to lift you up. But what is preaching? The, some of the words have to do with the herald and, and make you think of this, this picture of someone coming in the name of the king with a declarative public proclamation. In fact, proclamation is really the key word here. But it is, preaching is public. As you go through and you read all of the instances of these words, this is not uh, something where you are sitting down over coffee and you're preaching. You're teaching. You're engaging with the word. You're giving an answer. But preaching is often in the synagogues, Sometimes it's, you know, Jesus on a mountain. It is, and certainly in the churches, it is a proclamation. It is an authoritative declaration. Preaching is taking a stand and saying, this is the saving word. Jesus Christ died for you. He rose again. And you can live through him. Three words, three Greek words that are translated preaching or proclaiming. Euangelizo um, is this word that you can see. You can see my daughter Evangelie's name in it. You can see evangelist in it. You can see, you know, this idea of evangelism in it. It means to proclaim good news. You can see the word angel in there. Do you see that? 
Angel is the Greek word, angel, for a messenger. Or for a related word, for a message. And then you can see this word you, E-U, like euphoria. It's the Greek for good. So the good message, to bring this good announcement to the world is evangelism. And then Caruso, to proclaim as a herald. And Catangelo, to proclaim or announce. So there's this this power in these words. This is preaching. And and a, a, a preacher, an evangelist, is also told to be an example in words and in actions and in love and faith and purity in 1 Timothy 4.12. And he's told the kinds of teaching to avoid these toxic subjects, irreverent babble and silly myths and, and quarreling and speaking evil and foolish controversies. There are some things that are going to destroy. So there's things to bring that are wholesome and sound, and there's things that are destructive to stay away from. And so let's go back to my job, your job. Going back to this, this statement, I said I would go back to come back to for the time will come. Here's what he says there. He describes uh, how not to listen. There's toxic speaking and teaching, and then there's toxic destructive listening. Here's what's coming, he says, when people will not endure sound or healthy teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. My job is to proclaim the word. There's this giving and receiving in all of the the teaching and preaching in in the Bible. And so your job, and this is my job too, is to surrender to the word. If I'm putting myself under the word as I speak it, you have to put yourself under the word as you hear it. And that means to yield to it, to submit to it, to obey it, to trust it, to say the word that's spoken rules my life. If we are leaning in to listen, if we're deciding before we hear A word from God is the reason for every good thing I have ever experienced. Did you know that? The sun shines because of a word from God. If I lean in and say, every every good thing comes from God's powerful word, and if I hear him, he will change me again and again, and bless me again and again, and empower me to bless others again and again, through his powerful word. If I bring that each time I'm ready to hear, then I'm surrendering to the word, and it will do its work in me. Finally, the work of the Lord. Let me read you this passage. It's interesting. Sometimes people say, I've heard this as since I've been doing this work, well, you're doing the Lord's work, you know, and um, sometimes it's, it's as a joke, as I'm like, you know, vacuuming or something, you know, I'm <laughs> doing the Lord's work. You know, the, the, the work itself doesn't always look like what you might think it would be. But Paul does say, 
This work of evangelism is the Lord's work. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease, 1 Corinthians 16.10, among you. Paul is really worried about how the Corinthians are going to receive Timothy as his representative. And he says, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. Work of evangelism, again, it's the Lord's work because we are submitting to God's word to teach it. It's the Lord's work because we're trying to accomplish God's goals, which is your health and well-being, the church, in, the, in the most profound way, your spiritual, deep well-being with God, your character, your transformation, your salvation, your hope in eternity. We're trying to accomplish the Lord's goals, and we're partnering with him. So my job is to serve you with the word. I'm just a servant of yours. All things are yours, as Paul says. Your job is to be a temple of God. Pretty pretty serious task. This is, I'm taking this from 1 Corinthians 3, where he says, here's what we do. We're builders. Servants building. And here's what you do. You're the building. (laughs) Live with God in you every day. Whoever destroys the temple of God, he'll be destroyed by God. But, But go about building and being God's temple. In a nutshell, an evangelist's job is to preach the word to both the lost and the saved. And that's my job. But what about those who aren't preaching who aren't evangelists is there a word ministry is is it only the preacher who is meant to go to the world with the word no there's other you you aren't commanded i i don't find anywhere in the new testament where every christian is commanded to proclaim publicly the word of god but every christian is commanded to confess christ we don't, we don't shy away from it. We speak. I am a follower of Jesus. Every Christian in 1 Peter 3.15 is commanded to be ready with an answer for anyone who asks you. It's interesting. Paul uses the same two terms, admonish and teach, or warn and teach, in Colossians 1.28 and Colossians 3.16. He says in Colossians 1.28, I will proclaim him and warn and teach. That's my my work. And then he says to all Christians, you need to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and admonish and teach and speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and bring wisdom. So there is an admonishing and a teaching that we're all doing as we carry the word of God with us. We are all bearers of the word of God. It's living in us. It will spill out, right? Every time you you have that conversation with someone. There's a difference, but we're all bringing the word with us. And certainly it's not just, you know, the people who are paid to to preach that, you know, to to be in in a location that are evangelists or that are preachers. The great preacher great preacher, just like the great overseer, just like the great shepherd, just like the great deacon. Remember, we've seen this every time. The great evangelist, the great preacher is Jesus Christ. He came to bring proclamation. 
He came to bring the good news. One day, he went to his synagogue that he always went to on the Sabbath, and he opened the scroll to Isaiah 61, and he said, I am anointed by the Spirit to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's the year of Jubilee. All your debts can be canceled. All your slaves are freed. I've brought liberty. And Jesus closed the scroll and he said, Today this is fulfilled in your hearing. Today is the day of salvation because Jesus has come to proclaim liberty to the, to the captives. The song that we sang choked me up. <laughs> There's a bunch of them. Tommy, what are you trying to do to us? Um, this for you have promised captured both sides of this conversation. It says, and I will tell of your salvation to all men, for all your promises are true, and I believe. But he also says that he will hear and he will, he says, my all, make sure my trust, my all, I yield, and then I'll be one with you in all I do. We will tell of God's salvation to everyone. We will trust in him, and we will yield our all to him. If you haven't yielded to Christ, you can be baptized into him, into eternal life. Confess Jesus. Take a stand that you follow the King and walk with Him in faith into eternity. Please come while we stand and sing.